and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi there, and welcome to another week with TV My Husband Hates. I'm Regan. How are you doing, Kat? Doing really well, thanks. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a little worse for the wear today. We had Thanksgiving uh, last night. So um, my family's massive. So it's a 45-person affair last night. There's a lot of wine, lots of drinks, lots of family drama, but it's all good. We had a really good time. I'd be disappointed if you were like not hungover after Thanksgiving. That's yeah. like us waking up on Boxing Day and be, and feeling bright and breezy. Just, you know, it just doesn't happen these days. No. I mean, it's not as bad as it could be, but it's definitely not as good as it could be. <laughs> so did you have somebody, did somebody cook for 45 people? No. So what we do is we all sign up and bring a dish. So like my dad brings a smoked turkey. My cousin make uh, like deep fries. My one of my cousins deep fries the turkey. Um, other people bring sides. I brought this stuff called Heart Attack Mac and Cheese that, that I ordered right from a local street. place. Yeah, it's delicious. There's a place here. Uh, I'm in Tulsa today. So there's a place in Tulsa called Lambrusco's, and they make this amazing mac and cheese. So I just bought it, popped it in the oven in the hotel room, and took it over there. So I, I went the easy route. Where do you, where do, like, do 45 of you sit? So my aunt lives on masses of acres. Like she has this very, very huge property in kind of South Tulsa. And they have like, it's a small house. And then it's kind of built like a massive car garage onto the side. Like you could pull in, you know, like those double decker, like tour RVs, like those could fit in there. So she's cleared it all out. So there are like just tables everywhere and there are TVs with football. They've got like video games and, you know, like Papa shop, like this basketball arcade games. Like the kids just run around and play. The adults can just chat. Like it's absolutely phenomenal. She does an amazing job. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. And none of the bullshit of Christmas, none of the presents or anything like that, just good old food and family. Yeah, I mean, no offense to all of our British, you know, listeners out there, because Thanksgiving is obviously celebrating our emancipation. But Thanksgiving is my absolute favorite holiday because it does not deal with gifts. It's just an amazing meal where everyone just comes together and hangs out. And it's like the perfect holiday in my book. Well, I am really pleased that you had it. We used to do, we used to, when you lived in London, we used to do what we called Fakesgiving, which was absolutely my favorite holiday of the year as well. Um, (laughs) And it was amazing. That was when I was introduced to sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top. Because what's the point of vegetables if you don't cover them in sugar? That's that's the key to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everything is like very, like, it's like low level healthy. Like there are some vegetables somewhere, but they're topped with like fried onions or yeah. a cream of mushroom soup or marshmallows or I don't know, brown sugar. My cousin's husband made the most amazing cinnamon roll cheesecake. Holy shit balls. That it was amazing. the best thing I've ever had in my mouth. Did you get that recipe? Is the best thing you ever had in your mouth? Yeah. I mean, there's not much competition. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there trying to make a rude joke and then I'm thinking... No, well, of course that's better than the right. other thing. <laughs> Why would a cinnamon cheesecake not be better than cock? Let's yeah. be honest. Imagine that. <laughs> Shocker. Um, well, so that was, I mean, I felt like we needed that joke because we'd been very 
you know, safe until then. I feel like we've Absolutely. Injected, injected ourselves back into this podcast. <laughs> um, we're, we're very demure. We had to kind of let our freak out. <laughs> yeah, we did. My freak was itching to get out. It's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like I just couldn't wait. Uh, but yeah, so, well, we, I mean, I went away for a week. I went away for a night this week, which was lovely. Um, but I did that thing that most parents do when they go away for a night, if they drink, which is because your kids aren't there, you're like, woohoo, let's party. And then you drink so much, you don't sleep very well. And then you go home more tired and more hungover than you left, which was such a waste of an amazing hotel room. But it was still amazing. I find that such a hard balance. Like when you do get like a freedom night, like uh, a couple of weeks ago, my mother-in-law watched the kids for like a Saturday because my husband was out of town. Watched them for a Saturday, took them the Friday night before. So I was like, I, I had a night and a day and I was like, I can get all this stuff done around the house. Then I went out for martinis and steak with a friend. So Saturday was pretty ruined. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard. Um, anyway, I, I've, had an, I've had a disco nap. Excellent. I'm feeling great. Me too. So we are good to go. Mm-hmm. On four shows this week, there was no car- Keeping Up with the Kardashians and no Real Housewives of Dallas, which I thought was strange. Yeah, well, but, I think that's strange too. I don't know why. Maybe would they, I'm like, could they take a week off for Thanksgiving? But probably not. I mean, it's already been filmed, so. Yeah, they only have to push play. Like, Yeah, and they, and, they played, and they played New Jersey. Oh yeah, that's true. That's on the same night as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what happened with Dallas this week, but we'll catch up with those ladies next week. So this week we're doing the Real Housewives of Atlanta, the Real Housewives of the OC, Below Deck, and the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Indeed, I am ready to go. I didn't have any panic watching t- this week. Normally, I do like I call Reagan. I'm like. Three hours before the podcast, I'm like, I've still got three shows to watch. I'll be there, but don't worry. Uh, but this week, I was very organized. All on. No, on I was too. However, I did watch. I watched the Real Housewives of the OC while, like, my husband was driving from Denver to Tulsa, which is a massive drive. So I watched one in the car, and then the kids woke up at like 4 a.m. for some ungodly reason, Ugh. and so I put them on watching cartoons, and I watched the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And got all Amazing. caught up before so we're all good to go. All good to go. Um, also, might be worth just mentioning that there's, it's likely this podcast. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying it now because if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll have realised that it came out late. So I'll uh, I'll finish there. But essentially, my husband <laughs> it, it came out late because my husband fucked up. Oh, um, poor Jenny. I know, and I hate to hang him out to dry to all of our listeners the 300 of them that there are. Um, <laughs> but he, yeah, he's left a vital piece of equipment behind, so he's not going to be able to do it till Tuesday, so you won't be listening to this until then. But if you are, we're very grateful that you're here as ever. And thank you for tuning in once again. And we should probably get going. Yeah, let's get started. So Atlanta. Um, Atlanta. Yeah, I think this week again, a little bit like last week, we're getting to figure out a little bit more about Kenya and how that relationship is going. And I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this for a few weeks because I think this is a very difficult thing for Kenya to process and to admit to and to open up to. So I think it's going to be bit by bit by bit by bit. What do you reckon? No, I totally agree. And I mean, I think if you think about where they are in their lives, like within their marriage and then their kiddos, like what, seven months old, like that first year when you have a baby is so difficult. And then to add on all these relationship issues, I think... 
we really see like a thoughtful Kenya, like really trying to kind of work through what are the issues? Like, is it the relationship? Are we just trying to figure out our way? And I think that's 100% normal for anybody dealing with that first year of having a baby. Like, how can you be married and be parents? And how does that all fit together? Well, I think it's really interesting because it's, it's something that nobody tells you. Like, everybody, most people go, oh, having a kid, it's amazing. You'll never feel love like it. That We know that's all bollocks. Um, and most people will say it's really hard, like the sleep deprivation and figuring all that stuff out. But nobody ever said to me, by the way, your relationship will really fucking suffer. And our relationship was good. Like, I mean, we he's the guy I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. But at that first year of having a kid did almost irreparable damage to my marriage that we've worked on so hard to fix. But it was very much tied into the effect of having our first baby, how we both dealt with that, the emotional fallout, and how we supported or, or didn't support each other. Um, and I think it's impossible to know that if you've not been through it before, but also it's impossible to know it even when you're in it. It's so hard to see that that's what's happening. Oh, um, yeah. I mean... We, we call that first year just the really dark times. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing trying to keep this human alive. You don't know what you're, you're doing with your body. Your body's just not the same. Things are happening. You don't know who this man is anymore that's laying next to you because you are so sleep-deprived and you're so focused on keeping this human alive that you kind of have to figure out how what your marriage looks like now that there's this new little person in the mix. Yeah, and it takes a real beating even if you're the strongest kind of couple oh, yeah. in the world. So I think what we're seeing with Kenya is partly that, just the normal wear and tear that a baby has on a marriage, especially considering they're apart for five days of the week, like if he's back most weeks or every other week. They're right. apart a lot as well. That's going to be breeding all sorts of crazy resentment. Plus, I really recognize in her this feeling of her husband transferring all that kind of love to the baby. I, f- I felt those feelings and it is really right. damaging, not just because it's kind of a shitty feeling, but also because it ties in all sorts of feelings of guilt and shame and why are you jealous of your baby and all. I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, but for Kenya, it's tied in as well with her mom and obviously those feelings of abandonment. So I think this for her is pushing so many buttons um, but she, she finds it very difficult to be, um, vulnerable to, to admit that perhaps she's in a sticky situation. So I think we see her start to be a little bit more honest to Candy this week. Yeah. And I think we see how much she struggles with vulnerability between her and Candy. Cause like they're sitting there chatting and she gets really teary and like Candy tries to hug her and she like kind of shoves her off. Like she can't even like allow herself to be comforted or kind of allow her, you know, just allow that to happen, a very natural thing. And I think it's really interesting that this friendship with Candy and Kenya has kind of become so strong. And Kenya speaks about it, how like she really leaned on Candy a lot during her pregnancy for kind of support and what was going to happen and kind of things like that. So I think it's really lovely to see her open up a side to herself and try to kind of be vulnerable but with at least just one other person in the group. Yeah, and and I and I do really feel for her and I think I'm glad that she's got candy. I'm glad that there is another housewife that has just been through that similar thing. Obviously Portia's going through it as well, but she's kind of behind Kenya. So right. Kenya's Kenya's 
Kenya's reached out to the person who she feels that she can really talk to about it. And you can really bond over a shared experience like that, right? You know, I've got friends who perhaps weren't so that close, but through shared experience, like maybe separation or divorce or, you know, you can really bond over that because just being able to talk and empathize and feel like somebody's empathizing with you is right. key, well, but I, I don't that, think it, I was going to say, I don't think it comes naturally for Kenya. Right. No, I don't think it does either. I think it's also nice to know people who have gone through that because you see them on the other side. So it kind of gives you hope that things will work out. You know, it, it may yeah. be tricky. It may take a while, but it will eventually get there. Who knows what it's going to look like, but you will come out of it. Yeah. And also, I think it's interesting. Candy sees Candy like talking about this relationship with Mark. Which even if uh, even if the baby wasn't taking its toll, I don't feel like this relationship is as wholesome as you'd want it to be. But Candy no. recognizes this weird thing, and she sort of says, you know, in all of her other relationships, she's kind of balls out, but in this one, she's very submissive. I wrote um, that down too. Yeah, and. And Candy doesn't at the time kind of express specific concern about that. She just sort of mentions it as in passing. But I think it's I think it is something that she's clocking. And it is it's just not consistent with Kenya. And I think when you see somebody bending to be something for a partner, you, your alarm bells are running are ringing. Absolutely, especially when it's such a strong woman in every other aspects of her life, kind of kicking ass and taking names to see her kind of kowtow to this man and try to make everything right for him is kind of unnerving. Well, and he's doing this like this. I felt so sad for her. And Candy was like, what? You went on your anniversary holiday on your own with with Brooklyn? And he wouldn't take the nanny. Um, and do you know what it reminded me of? It, it, it was really funny. It reminded me of, um, you know, that scene in Jerry Maguire where he's like, he keeps putting the kid between him and, and her and Renny Zellweger. Right. He's like, but he's like, he loves the kid, but he doesn't love her. It reminds me of that. He doesn't want to take the nanny because he doesn't want the opportunity to have the kid out of the way. He doesn't want to have to focus time one-on-one with Kenya. Um, and that's really, that makes me really sad because I think if you, you know, God only knows. If you can take a nanny on holiday, I'd take a fucking nanny on holiday. Right. Absolutely. Even just to go out to dinner by yourselves. I mean, or like Candy said, like have some reconnection time and the nanny can put the baby to bed. Like, I don't know. And then I don't really understand why he didn't end up going when obviously Kenya was there with Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, Without the nanny. Did she take the nanny so he just didn't go? Maybe she did take the nanny. Maybe that's what happened. But, um, you know, but I think Kenya is in a really tricky position and I think she's too afraid to tackle it because she doesn't want to risk pissing Mark off or losing him because of this whole sh- abandonment issue thing. So she's right. in a sticky situation. I think if she's got a friend that's got her back, I'm glad it's Candy because I feel like she's the one that's eventually going to say, this is not okay. Yeah, I think she's 100% that girl. Like, he's awful. This is not right. You need to move on. Like, you need to do what's best for your daughter. I, I think... Candy would very much say that. And Candy comes from, you know, a single parent background. So like, again, it's, this is a great kind of pairing for Kenya because she can see somebody who has done it that way and that it has been okay. And it is tricky, but it's figure outable, which not a word, but anyways. But I, li- I like it. And I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I think it's okay. Excellent. Um, and then on the flip side, we've got Portia who's going back to work. And every week I fall more and more in love with Portia. 
Thank God she's going back to work. Like her spark was so back walking out of the studios and they let her bring the baby to work. Like not an all time thing, but for this uh, day, she got to bring her baby and she was just like on cloud nine when she came out of there. I think that's definitely where she needs to be at this point in her life. Yeah, because we see her in that therapy session and she does use the word depressed. And I do feel like there is an element to her of, of, you know, you're hormonally quite vulnerable after having a baby. And if you're then going through a kind of emotional trauma as she did with Dennis as well, that's a perfect, like, it's a perfect storm. Um, And I just, I love that she's taking control. I love that she's looking after her, that her her priority is PJ. Um, And I think going back to work was the the scariest step for her. But I think she, you know, she's just done it. She knew she had to, she did it, she nailed it. Um, and I, I'm constantly impressed by her. I think she's ace. Yeah. I loved what her therapist said about kind of was his, was her trust in Dennis earned or did she just give it like based yeah. on his background? I thought that was some really interesting points that the therapist made and, and that she really pointed out, like, you have to just forgive for yourself. It's not forgiving him for what he did. It's, you've just got to forgive and move on. And I think she's definitely taking those steps. I thought, she got like a million percent of her confidence back after doing that one day at Dish. And I think that's going to really give her kind of the impetus to move on and and the courage and the strength to kind of do what she needs to do with the dentist situation. I mean, she needed to go back. I was starting to feel sorry for Eva, who was like kind of holding (laughs) down the fort with like waters about to break. So I'm glad that she's gone back. Um, But just Portia's approach to everything just makes me laugh. I love that she doesn't take herself too seriously. I loved it when she was talking about interviewing the nannies, like finding the different nannies. And, you know, one of them's just like wants to talk to me about all the stuff. One of them wants to tell me how I should raise the baby. I'm like, bitch, go watch the baby. It's like, that's all you need. I loved that. It was so, so funny. Or like they just wanted to hang out with her rather than like watch the baby. She's like, I just need you to watch the baby. Get away from me. Just go and watch the baby. Um, It's so funny, honestly. But it's... But I'm, I just feel we're going to start to see a little bit of the old Porsche come back. And I think she's going to, as you said, but be, I think she's going to be kicking ass and taking names as well. Because I think what motherhood will do to Portia is just cut through the bullshit. I don't think she's going to have any time or energy for it. And you can see no. it with Dennis. She's like, no, nah, I'm done. Well, and, and I even like... like- Sorry, what, what she was talking about, like, where the nanny's going to minimize her interaction with Dennis because the nanny's going to, like, hand yeah. the baby off between the two of them, and she's just like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with him. And yeah. I think that shows a very healthy growth and attitude, um, and maybe that can kind of build the path to co-parenting because he's just so wrong. Yeah, he is. There's no coming back from cheating on your pregnant fiancé. No. I mean, that's as bad as it gets. Um so yeah, we'll see. I think I think really it's going to be interesting to see how, like the the comparison as well. I'm interested to see Kenya and Portia and how this plays out a little bit because I think it, you know, it's cool to have a side by side on that. Absolutely. Um is it should we move to the deck below yeah, deck? Yeah. Let's go below. I had to introduce somebody to below deck this week. Oh, I felt like I was giving the greatest gift. <laughs> That's awesome. Somebody was asking me about the podcast and I was like, oh, so we, she's like, what shows? And I said, oh, we do this, you know, blow deck. And she was like, oh, I've never heard of that one. And I was like, oh, <gasps> get 
on it straight away. If you don't like The Real Housewives, shame on you. But if, if that is the case, you will love Below Deck. It is brilliant. Um, and she texts me later and she's like, thank you so much for Below oh, Deck. Oh, I love it. It's like, you are welcome. Below Deck is amazing. And I actually think like it's a really like nice intro to these types of shows. Um, I also feel like a lot of men watch Below Deck, which they typically don't watch um, The Real Housewives. But I've talked to like a few kind of people at Christmas parties or whatever, because those are kicking up again. So I talk to them about like the shows that we do on the podcast and things like that. And there have been a couple of men where I say like a blow deck and they're like, oh, I watched that one. And I was like, well, of course you do. It's amazing. <laughs> so funny because Jimmy doesn't watch, obviously watch any of the housewife shows. He just calls them the shouty ones. Um, yeah. But he calls, but he says, I'll watch the boat one. Like if you've got the boat one on, I'll watch that one. So he's kind of okay with that. But any of the yeah. housewives, he's like, I can't watch it. it. The shouting is too much. And it's just, it gives me anxiety. Right. Um, but yeah, so we're back with blow deck. And of course, um, Riley's back. Riley is back. And like when the the beginning of this show started, I was like, okay, like she's kicking ass. She's doing her job. She's getting along with everybody. Like maybe we've seen a new Riley. And then dinner. And then dinner happened. (laughs) Here's the thing though. Like I have a soft spot for her and I can't hate her, even though sometimes her behavior is just bad. I... I just can't, I feel like she's a woman in a man's world. And I feel like she's probably put up with a lot of bullshit. And we saw it on the last season. Like they just, they, they did dismiss her. They were pretty exclusive. Um, So, you know, she kicked back against that. And I think maybe she came in a little bit like this is not going to happen again. And on the boat, I feel like she just did a great job, got on with it. She is a smart ass and she's got a mouth on her, but there's no doubt she's a hard worker Absolutely. And I think her tantrum, even though it was really badly handled, I do think Kevin was yet again being a bit of a cock. Well, and I feel like all the girls really kind of stepped up for her. Like, you know what? He is so condescending. Yeah. He is condescending to everyone. And, like, he's picking fights. Like, I think you and I had our chat in, like, the the, the pre-chat meeting. And um, I think you brought up a really good point about, like, he's just so intimidated by these strong women. And you have to be a strong woman to work on these boats, to deal with these noxious guests and the crazy schedule and all of that stuff. And I think he's super intimidated by them. So he just lashes out kind of to almost dick slap them right yeah. from the beginning to try yeah, to put them pissing in his place. On him. It's, it's yeah. like a metaphorical pissing on him. But there's, there's a couple of things that annoy me about Kevin. I hate the way he's really condescending. I hate the way he needs to control. I hate the way he doesn't like strong women. I also right. hate the way he wears glasses to go out but doesn't wear them any other time. It's like really annoying. Like he always puts his glasses on to go out. I wonder if but, he wears contacts. I'm sure he so, wears like, contacts. So like he switches like, them out. I it's don't like, know. The, it's, like a, it's like a shit Superman. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right. <laughs> it's like the other way around. It's like I'm going to go out and party in my As glasses. As Clark Kent. Like, but you're not Clark Kent. Right. You just, I just don't understand it. I what love is going that. on? It's just such a dick. It's, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I do think, I mean, I think he was ordering for everybody. She said, can I have something keto or paleo? I can't remember. Uh, and rather than go, maybe he didn't know. We were having this conversation. You were like, maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. I mean, if you're, I feel like if you're a chef on a super yacht, 
you probably right. do know what ketone paleo is. And if you don't, yeah, then, yeah. I mean, it would be unusual. But even, but rather than just go, oh, I don't know, what would you, what kind of stuff, just to lay into her and take the piss and be rude, it's well, just a I dick think he move. just, he just got super out of control. Like, I'm not your chef. It's like, dude, she's not asking you to cook the damn food. You're ordering for the table. She's just simply speaking a preference. If you don't understand it, then just ask for some guidance. Or B, just shut the fuck up and order her some, like, steak skewers and be done with it. I mean, this is the thing with him. He doesn't like it when a woman tells him tells him what to do. And I think that's the problem. So he doesn't like it when Kate says, we're going to serve it like this, or can we serve it like this, or this is how where we're going to set up the fucking gazebos. Right. Um, and he doesn't like it when Riley's saying, I would like you to do this. Yeah. That, that like, pings something in him. It, like, pushes a button. And as much as I think her, like, she went from naught to, like, a hundred. Yeah, yeah. I do think she held on to it a little bit at first. She was like, dude, I'm just asking you to do this. But he'd already been pushing buttons. Like, she'd called him chef, and he's yeah. like, don't call me chef. It's like, well, but you are the chef. Right. I mean. I don't understand what you want me to call you. No, I think I think that's Riley's problem, is that there is no in-between. Like, she's either yeah. chill or she's fucking raging. And I think if she learned to kind of hit it around 50 instead of 100 all the time, I think she'd probably find herself like a little bit more successful in kind of getting her points across because she is making a good point and it's, she's not at fault. But I think because she goes up to a hundred, then that like riles everybody up. It's like a tornado and she just starts whipping people into the fight. And then that's when Ashton starts losing his shit. And it's when everybody starts losing their shit and it just gets crazy. Yeah. And I think she, she undermines herself. I do think that Ashton's carrying quite a lot of residual kind of resentment oh, yeah. slash like balls out fear about Riley. Like, I think he, she terrifies him. Um, so I think, you know, given any opportunity, he will come down on her hard, even though yeah. actually I don't think she's necessarily, her point isn't wrong. Her right. delivery fucking is sucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it does, you know, but I think what frustrates her even more is that this will then feel just like another case of the guy's, up against going against her so it feels like and i get this feeling from her like she can't get a piece a space to say what she wants to say because everybody's right. just fucking shutting her down so while i get that she doesn't handle it well i do think she wasn't wrong and i think kevin really started something like he, he yeah. i feel like he was the one that dropped the bomb and then walked away Absolutely. He was such an instigator. I mean, there, there is no reason that couldn't have just been a civil conversation. No. No Wait, reason at all. There's no reason why it didn't. It needed to be any conversation. Could you order no. me something paleo slash keto, whatever it was? Sure. Yeah. Like, that's it, done. Or could you tell me what that is? Or, yeah. Yeah. Or done. tell me what, what, or do you want to, yeah, let me know what you want to order. Like, it would have been done. And yeah. also when he's like, I'm not your chef. Well, you are I mean, actually. You are actually her chef. Like your job is to cook food for her as well as the guest. So you yeah. are her chef. Um anyway, uh that aside, I think Riley is gonna be brilliant. And I do have a soft spot for her. So I'm hoping that I can continue to defend her. I'm hoping she doesn't let me down. Right, right. Um but we're still but dealing we'll with uh disgusting guest Michael. Oh who's super like aggressive with Simone. Like it just this starts. Guy. Yeah. 
He's he's just like a walking Me Too hashtag. It's oh absolutely, so, and it's the worst kind because it's not. I mean, obviously, it's not the worst kind because right. outright <laughs> sexual attack <laughs> is obviously worse yeah. than low level sexual attack. But what I'm saying is, it's still just because it just because you can't point at one thing and go, that was wrong. Like that was wrong. I'm calling the police. It's that low level, constant um, commenting turning up like wherever she is invading a space and it's enough to make her feel really uncomfortable it's enough for kate to recognize that she needs to protect simone and send her back to laundry bless Simone. um but it's not enough to you know to take it for it to be taken seriously by anybody if you were to go to the police but it's still really intimidating and makes her feel wrong i feel like he's kind of stalking her like He's everywhere she is, just to be a little bit creepy. He gives all the girls the creeps on the boat, because that's what they talk about. Like, he's just super creepy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that, like, we're done with him and we don't have to watch any more of his drunken buffoonery. Yeah, I, uh, me too. I found him really, uh, really unpleasant and really uncomfortable to watch. And I'm glad that I think Kate should really be commended for taking control of that and just making the decision to remove Simone from that situation. Absolutely. Like, Kate um, is on her Chief Stew A game. Yeah, she really is. And the the other thing is, it's kind of made me rethink my criticism of Simone last week, because obviously we were talking about mm-hmm. how she was being shit at service and not having the confidence. And actually, maybe she was just feeling so super uncomfortable interacting with these guests at all that she just didn't want to be anywhere near it. So right. maybe we can give her another chance on the next guest, see if she steps up her... Um, her game a little bit. Right. And he totally stiffed them on the tip too. So like he oh puts God. them through all this bullshit and then it's like the smallest tip in the world for them. 15K. But again, quote of the week has to go to Captain Lee when he's like, I think I'd rather have someone pull me through a knot hole in the fence by my dick than have these guys back. I was like, yep, that's, that's it. Mic drop. You just won the quote competition for the week. Right, forever, almost. Like it was, it yeah. was a phenomenal quote. I wrote it down as well. It's, like it's going to be hard him. to top it. I do too. Yeah, I really love him, and I think, um, yeah, and I, you know, I think he's kind of key to the whole thing being as good, like to the whole thing being as good as it is. But also his relationship with Kate, I really like. Um, it's kind of like a father daughter vibe going yeah. on. Um, and here's the thing, like Kate's, Kate and Kevin are going up against each other. And this was the first week where I saw Kate really go, all right, actually that wasn't okay. Like she said, you made me, you made me a side bitch and I'm not, and she'd sat back and she'd let him do it. She let him do it. The beach picnic, she's let him control all sorts of things. But, but tonight I thought she very calmly said, I'm unhappy with how you've managed that. And he didn't like it at all. Didn't no. say it to her, but in his right. VT, his little ego was a bit bruised. He needed a yeah. little bit of a love. <laughs> well, and he needs to be careful because, I mean, ultimately we all know if Captain Lee is going to choose between him or Kate, we all know who's going to win. Like, it's going to be Kate. He's got such a long-standing relationship with her. And he doesn't like Kevin. Like, yeah, he's making decent food now, so it's all right. But he, I don't think he likes him. No, and he doesn't have the relationship with him that he no. has with Kate. So, you know, 
if it comes down to it, Kevin's, uh, Captain Lee's going to choose Kate over Kevin every day of the week. And Kate knows that, so she doesn't even have to fight. And I think this no. is what I like about Kate. I see her, like, slowly just, like, marking everything down, figuring it out. She started to say, I'm not okay. I think we're going to see this really ramp up. And I just oh, can't yeah. wait to see Kate kick his ass. Cause no, me neither. She's going to do My it money's so beautifully. Yeah. She, yeah. It, me too. Um. But yeah, I think Kevin's all of a sudden going to feel himself quite overpowered between Riley and Kate. It's, it's going to be oh, way man. too much for him. He's going to be like rocking in the corner of the yeah. galley. Just yeah. like Tell slow me when they've all gone. Tell me <laughs> <laughs> no more fish. No more fish. Oh, putting his glasses on. Nobody can see him. Right. Um, <laughs> fucking glasses. You might not have even noticed it. If you haven't noticed it, it just really bothers me. It's not a big deal. No, but no it, I'm going to pay just, attention. Yeah, it just bothers me. I don't understand why he doesn't wear them any other time. The only way yeah. to go out. It's really annoying. Yeah, that's weird. Um. Anyway, yes. So we'll see. Is it time to move on to uh to California? Absolutely. The Real Housewives of the OC are headed to Miami. Yes, off to Florida. Um, still very much with this Tamara Kelly rift raging between them all. Right. And Kelly agreeing to go on the trip, even though she knew Tamara was, Tamara was going. I think, you know, definitely doesn't set it up to be like, oh, fun girls trip in Miami. Like, it's not going to be fun girls trip. No. I mean, the, this these two have now not spoken for three weeks. So Kelly yeah. and Tamara have yet to speak in three weeks. And yet everybody else, it's all they've been talking about. So this right. has gone from whatever it was. And I can't even really remember the one thing that it was that made Kelly suddenly I think, flip on Tamara. I think it was people telling her that Tamara said the thing about the train, not Vicky. Like all of the things that Kelly was really pissed off at Vicky about ended up like being from Tamara. And then yeah. I think the video is what set her over the edge where like that th- that other party was filming Shannon and Tamara at the lunch and it picked up where Tamara was just explaining the rumor from Vicky about like pushing her mom down the stairs and it only showed that. And then I think Kelly then just went ballistic. Like it was just, just one more thing. Yeah. Okay. So if that's what it is, then either way, I still think that a conversation could just have been had between Kelly yeah. and Tamara. Obviously Absolutely. that doesn't make great TV and it's not going to no. happen. It's not how these bitches roll, but this is three weeks that's about to explode in Miami one way or the other. And actually, you know, Initially, Miami starts out fairly healthily. Yeah. I mean, they all seem to, doesn't everybody seems to be behaving themselves. Yeah, you definitely see Bronwyn and Sean trying to get everybody into like the Miami vibe with like the convertible Maseratis, which the girls did not seem that happy about because their hair was all over the place. I mean, it's also yeah. humid in Miami. Like, yeah, it's like hot and humid. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'd want my crazy hair extensions flying all over the place either. I've got to be honest, I'm I'm really going off Sean, Bronwyn Sean. I don't know what it is about him, but it was especially in this episode. It just feels mega cringe to me. And I don't know what it, I don't know whether it was the tight white jeans with the tucked in. I don't know what it was, but I just was like, oh, babe, I just think you're trying a bit hard. Just stop. Yeah, you're fine. Just, yeah, just be cool. Just, just chill. Because he seemed pretty chill at first. Yeah. 
But also he wears one of those necklaces that, you know, those like surfer necklaces things with the black yes. cord. I'm like, dude, this is not the 90s anymore. Like, stop no. with that necklace thing. Like, well, f- and funny enough, Bron- doesn't Bronwyn bring up, like, his clothing choices in this yeah. season? Like, that she's really helped him out a lot. Because, like, when they were first, when they first got together, he was wearing the overalls with, like, <laughs> one of them, like, flipped undone. over his shoulder. Like, undone, which is very right. early 90s. Um, so, yeah, I think he's just kind of stuck in a in the 90s time zone, which, you know, good for him. I mean, it is coming back, so maybe some of those wardrobe choices will fall in to the trendy category, yeah. but... And I don't mean to be... Like, I don't think he's a dick. Like, don't no. get me wrong. I think he's kind. I think he loves Bronwyn. I think they've got seven children, so, you know, the man deserves a medal. I'm just saying he's kind of a bit of a geeky... It's just... It felt a bit more cringe than normal this week. Yeah, I, I think, for me, it kind of felt like cringy dad moments. Like, yes! This, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. yeah. That's exactly it. It's like, I felt like I was his 13-year-old daughter and he was just existing. And I was like, oh, oh. God, can you get off my TV? Just get out of my face. I don't want to see you. That's how it right. felt. <laughs> um, thanks for, I feel like that's probably, now that you've said that, I feel like that's probably more my issue than his. So maybe I need to do some shit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I will highlight those to you anytime. Yeah, thanks. Um, but yeah, so we, it was really only towards the end in terms of his Kelly thing, and it wasn't even really with Tamara, but Kelly started to get mean. Oh my gosh, about like uh, Shannon's hair. And it's like, this is a woman. Like, leave her alone. I know. Like, I she's she's not your fight. And you know she's not your fight, and you're just being a dick. Like, you're yeah. picking on low hanging fruit. Like, yeah. Shannon is not your issue. You know she's not your issue. Calm the fuck down, Kelly. Also, the woman's just come through a really ugly, painful divorce fight. And yes, okay, it's ended in a way that she's, you know, it's it, she's fine. But still, that's taken its toll. Like, she's the last person that needs to be told that she looks like shit when she's like a 50-year-old woman who's just got divorced. Like, talk about kicking right. a fucking dog when they're down. Well, and she's doing it, like, to Gina as well. She keeps banging on about her, like, her platinum hair. And like how it looks terrible. And it's like, she's also like going through a divorce. Like these women are not in like their peak time of their lives. Like yell at Vicky all you want. Like Vicky can handle it. Vicky will yell right back at you. It's fine. But like, you're just being mean and it it's not a good look. No. And I think a lot of it is her taking out, you know, she's taking Tim out this assault, aggression yeah. and rage on right. these people. But um, it's just another example of, and I do, like, I try to like her, but it's another example of her just being really obnoxious and, and not being, like, emotionally not very smart. Right, right. No, like, she she is not in tune with herself enough to just talk about the way she's feeling. Like, and I think this is a problem we see with Kelly all the time. And actually, I think if she could get there, she'd actually be a pretty cool chick. Like, yeah. because I do think, for the most part, she's very honest with people, like, obviously to a fault. Um, and I think she could be a real cool chick, but like you, you got, you, you could just got to stop, man. Yeah. She's like, it's, she's on, it's like a runaway train on this track and you, and you, yeah. she, you just, you can see it happening and you know, it's going to crash, but you just, she can't stop it. Um, no. And also then, I mean, going back to Shannon, like how great that she finally, finally out of completely left field. We never yeah. expected it to turn out like this. And who knows what convinced David, probably, I mean, 
the cost of lawyers' fees if they went to court. But right. um, he settles. He settled, and, and, and she felt so good about it that she decided she'd go on to Key West. Because, like, we remember last week where she was like, yeah. I don't want to go there. That's where the affair started. And she's like, no, you know what? We're done. Like, yeah. I can move on. And I just, like, it was such a healing moment for yeah. her. And I, and I like that David was actually, she said David was really nice to her. Like, it Sent was done. Sent her an email saying he was proud of her. And right. she got upset because she's like, that's all I wanted in the marriage. But at least if this is what she gets now, then at least right. she can draw a line under it. And I think that's what was important. And Lord knows, because even if the, the threat of lawyer's fees was enough to make him settle, that wouldn't make him necessarily have to write that email or, you know, say those right. things to her. So Lord knows what happened between the last time that they met in court and yeah. this time. But she ends up with a 1.4 million settlement and like just over three grand per kid a month. So 10,000 in, in right. child uh, support monthly, which, you know, I mean, that seems like, an, that seems like enough to me. Can you yeah. imagine? No, no. I, mean, I think my dad paid. Expensive. I think my dad paid, like when my parents got divorced, I think my dad paid $300 a month for two kids. Yeah. I mean, we're on different levels here, aren't we? With, yeah, with yeah. And it, and it was the 90s too, so I don't know what that is in today's money. Probably but. about 19000 these days. <laughs> probably not. It was probably yeah. like $350. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did feel really good for her, and I love – I've really warmed to Shannon. Um, yeah. And I think – yeah, I, I – I hope that she doesn't let what Kelly says really knock her confidence. I don't think she will, but it's no. not the nicest thing to hear, especially, you know, right now when she's single and somebody says you look like shit. I mean, that's just mean. <laughs> it's just a tick. <laughs> like, oh my God, can you just be kind for like two seconds? Um, I, I love the Shannon of the season. Like, she is fun. She is level-headed. I think she really tries to take the time to talk to people and connect to people. Like, you can just tell, like, she is feeling good about herself. Like, she's got her self-worth back, and it's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. And then we've got Shannon getting divorced, and we've got Vicky Gumbelson getting married. Now, Getting I, engaged. Steve obviously woke up and put his big boy brave pants on because that man, it deserves a medal. I love Vicky, but I would not want to be married to her. No, but I love how he 100% just stuck to his guns and did things the way he wanted to do them. Because we saw last season, like Tamara being like, so when's the wedding? Like, when are you getting married? And he's like, it's going to happen on my time. Like when I'm ready, we'll see. Yeah. And I, you know, I, th I think Steve's probably got some pretty big balls. Like, I think you'd have to be to like take on Vicky as your wife. But I just, I love like seeing her family love him and just it's such a stark difference to how it was when she brought Brooks home and just the treatment between everybody seems so positive and so lovely. Like I'm, yeah, I'm super excited for them. Brianna's a smart kid. Like Brianna's yeah. smart. She's got her head screwed on. And so when she didn't like Brooks, it was, she knew she didn't like him. The fact that Brianna likes Steve yeah. for me is seal Means of approval. World. Like that's yeah. all you need. But it was great to see her back and the, and, and is it Michael, her son? Michael yeah. is Brianna's brother. Yeah. Yeah. To see them back. And we, I loved Brianna. I loved to see her feeling healthy and yeah. enjoying life away from the crazy bitches in Orange County. Like Tamara's like, would you ever move back? No, no, I never no. would move back. 
Like she no, couldn't and have I been think, clearer. I think it's so funny because their mom is one of the craziest on the show. But I think those kids are so super normal and grounded. Like there is a different side to Vicky Gunrelson. Like there has to be to raise kids like that. Yeah. Like she's nuts, but I think it wor- like it, it works in her parenting scheme. Like her kids are doing great and that's well, we just, see it a lot. I mean, we see it yeah. in New Jersey with Teresa and That's Gia. true. Like, you know, these kids have got crazy fucked up bitches for mothers in the nicest possible way. Like, you know, I'm only... Right. They're mental. But these kids are smart. And so maybe, I mean, maybe that's what you need to do to raise great kids. Yeah, that's maybe, that's, maybe that's the parenting key, like the breakthrough. You just have to be a psycho. You have to be so psychopathically crazy that it just scares your kids into being good. Being normal. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking I divorces. Mean, I, I we're was talking. Say I give it a try. Yeah, we're talking engagements. And uh, then we come to Matt and Gina, who, as Emily puts it, are the worst divorced people ever. <laughs> Which I think is like my favorite quote ever because she's so yeah. right. They are literally... I. I don't know what's going on because now at this point, and actually we know now, you only have to follow Gina on Instagram to know that she is dating Travis, somebody, I think. But yeah. um, so that so she's not with Matt. But at this point in the show, she is genuinely considering that he's changed, that they get, they're having nights in hotels together, they're spending time together. Um, I feel like, well, obviously this isn't going to work out, but we don't right. know what this is going to look like. But you discovered something this week, didn't you? Yeah. So um, her new boyfriend's name is Travis Mullen. And so they um, they are they are currently together. So Gina and Matt do end up getting a divorce. But Matt is also charged with felony domestic violence. Um, and then Gina opens up and says that actually he was, um, let's see, it says, this is a article from, um, us week or us weekly. And in this article, it says that he was officially charged with two felony counts by the orange County of district attorney for, um, domestic violence. And that Gina alleges that he has been abusive to her in the past. Well, and here's the thing, like if that's, I mean, obviously we know why people yeah. go back and she, he's the father of her kids and all that. But like, I mean, maybe she, maybe this, I, I've never been divorced. So I, I can only guess it's a process right. and I can't even imagine the emotions that are tied in. And especially if you've got kids and your husband, ex-husband seems to be making all the, like that, that would feel like the right move. And I think she sort of says, or I've read articles where she says, you know, I just have to, I'd never forgive myself if I didn't give it a shot, even if I feel like it's maybe not the right thing to do. Absolutely. So maybe for the sake of her kids, she did that. But um, I wonder if that's going to be covered on the show. I wonder if we're going to see that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So it says that they're, uh, the judge signed off on the disillusion of their marriage, but their marital status will remain married until December 31st of this year as they just kind of hash out the paperwork. So for all intents and purposes, they are divorced. They just need to okay. kind of divvy stuff up. So it'll be interesting to see if we see that on this season or if next season we kind of see more of that fallout. Well, yeah, we'll see. I hope that, um, like, there's just never an excuse to... For that kind of bullshit. Is no, there? no. You just don't hit people. It, it, no. You just don't. <laughs> it's not hard. No. Just, That'll just serve don't. you well in life. Just don't hit. Yeah. Just don't punch p- people in the face. Ge- yeah. Generally. You'd be fine. 
Um, yes. So we'll see. I mean, I can only imagine. Do you think Vicky's going to get married this season? No, I think it'll be no, next, season, next season. Or I think they'll have a special. They'll do like the little uh, four off special. Married. Yeah, I think they did that for Tamara. I think Tamara got a special. Yeah. yeah. So I bet Vicky will get a special. I mean, come on. I know. Well, of course she will. It's Vicky. She was the, she's the OG. Yeah, the OG of the OC. She's the OG Apparently, of the OC. Um, at BravoCon a couple weeks ago, her and Ramona Singer had like a big debate off about like who was the OG housewife. And I mean, I technically, I think it is Vicky because the OC was the first show that they did. But I don't know. Ramona and Vicky going up against each other. I would not want to be in the middle of that. I, I'd pay money to see it, though. But speaking of paying money to see it, can we please make yes. a pact that we're going to BravoCon next year? Yes, I, I think okay. we should. I think we should make it happen. We should record from there. We should do yes. everything we can. And let's make BravoCon happen next year. The other thing is, this gave me so much joy. Did you see Frederick from Million Dollar Listing New York snog Andy? Yes! Cohen. <gasps> most amazing Andy's little face was just and I read an article who's like I really enjoyed it I mean Freddie's a good looking guy Andy's a good looking guy right I, I'm not ashamed to admit it kind of gave me a little bit fizzy knickers it was oh, sexy yeah. they are hot so they hot. are hot hot men kissing each other I don't care who you are it's no. pretty it's pretty hot I don't care who you are either. That was hot. Chemistry is chemistry, and there was chemistry there. And Andy's yeah, face afterwards yeah. was Frederick like... Frederick pulls some pretty... The, I just loved it. Yeah, Frederick pulls hot men. I mean, his husband is very attractive. He is. And, and he's charismatic as fuck. Cohen. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's any person alive that doesn't fancy... Fancy no, I, Andy. Fancy Andy, Uncle Andy. Fancy um, Andy. But I'm I'm not ashamed to admit I probably watched it about seven thousand times. Uh, like a like, little like replay action, a little slow mo action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the moment backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. And then in fact I didn't realise, but my three year old daughter was like looking over my shoulder watching it and she's like, Mummy, they love each other. And I was like, Oh Aww. honey. I was like, They, they sure don't, do. but that's nice. <laughs> they do in some way. <laughs> but how cool it she never once went. Why are two men kissing? She was like, yeah, oh, mommy, they kids love don't. each other. I was like, Kid, mm. kids have it right. Like, all this bullshit talk about it confusing kids or whatever is just bullshit. No, they see two people been, kissing, they're like, oh, they're in love. It's not that complicated. That's yeah, fine. That's all it Moving takes. On. It's not confusing. It's not confusing. No. <laughs> What's more confusing is when you start telling them some people can kiss, some people can't kiss. That's oh. confusing. Yeah, all the rules. There's too many rules. Um, Okay, New Jersey. Yeah, let's go to uh, Jamaica, man. Don't, I can't even. That, <laughs> I can't. What is that bitch doing on a scooter saying Jamaica? Like, I, ju I am with Margaret on this. I am so yeah. embarrassed my vagina hurts. I'm just embarrassed watching it. My vagina hurts on the couch. Like, are you kidding me? This girl needs such a reality check. She needs somebody to call her out on her bullshit She's so entitled and so spoiled and so obsessed with fucking stuff. And the way she talks about Jackie's yeah. birthday party, and by the way, Jackie is bang on. All kids want is mates, pizza, and sports. Hell yeah. It's, it's not that complicated. He's, she's, I was, I am 
raging with Jennifer, frankly. It's going to take a lot for me to, for her to win me back over. She's just so ridiculous. Like, I, I think I told you this. Like, she's the worst type of American tourist that, like, when I see my inner American just, like, wants to run and hide. And be like, <laughs> I don't know her. I, I don't claim that. No. We all don't act that way. She's not with us. She's it's not with us. It's just so gross. No, and she's not gross. one of us. And you know what? That's the word. It's gross. It just yeah. feels... And it's gross the way she is in Jamaica, but it's just... She is just this season being gross. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole thing of, like, playing up to the big girls and, like, picking on her mates and all of that stuff just feels really icky and childish. And I'm embarrassed. Yeah, she needs a timeout. She needs to time out. We need to put her on the no-no step and uh, yeah. set the timer. Yeah, we do. 40 um, minutes because, in timeout. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's her birthday and she's insufferable. It's like, ugh. Oh my gosh. And the room division. Oh. Like, she 100% did that bullshit. She could have gotten them a smaller room right next door to the villa. She got them in two fucking separate buildings. Like, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. You're just and being an asshole. And it's not like she put three and three. It's like no. she's done four and two. Like, yeah. if you're in that two, you feel like shit. Especially yeah. if you're in that too when you know that there's beef. Like if it right. that is a really mean, nasty thing to do. And she and then they walk into this like palatial building and you're like, come on. Like we could have slept fair. on the couch. We could all just had one room. It'd been fine. Yeah. Well, and I think I think Margaret and Jackie really nail it on the head too, where they're just like, you know, I feel like this is because like you said something Teresa and I said something Teresa and we're being punished for it. And yeah. I'm not saying that Teresa did it. But I think Jennifer was like, oh, she doesn't like those people, so I'm going to put them over there, and we're just going to be in here. Yeah, but it's another case of Jennifer being so stuck yeah. up Teresa's ass because she's so she's terrified of it, of being at odds with Teresa, but she also right. just wants the equity that comes with being Teresa's friend. And it just makes me sick. Like, I've yeah. known people no, who it's have gross. just befriended people for their equity, and they're never nice people. They're Ew. always suffering from massive insecurities that stop them from being, like, truly kind to people. Right. And that's what's happening with Jennifer, and you're right, she belongs on the no-no step. Is that what you call it in your house, by the way? No, the we call it step? timeout step. I don't know why I called it a no-no step. That just came to my head, but um, we call it the timeout step. Yeah, we call it timeout, too, but I, I mean... Yeah, no, no. Maybe it's, a no-no step is is the way to go forward. Sounds a little creepy to me, though. It does. Well, you the no-no no step. Know, Uncle no-no. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Just put it out there. Everybody's got an Uncle no-no. Right. Just saying. Yeah. No, oh. I think Jennifer is a toxic friend. I think she's probably. I mean, I know she talks about that she was bullied in high school, and maybe it comes from that. But like. I think she's like the worst type of bully, like that she tries to be your best friend, but in a way tries to isolate you from others and bully you that way. Yeah, I mean, and I get it. Like, that is a thing. Like, if you are bullied, you can become the bully. But also, Jackie was bullied and she's gone the other direction. She's like so anti Let's just be kind. In fact, I think she's probably, you know, she keeps calling Teresa a bully in in this episode. And while I think what Teresa and Jennifer did wasn't nice... Um, you know, I don't think it's fair to let Jennifer off the hook and keep calling Teresa a bully. I mean, I know there's yeah, other yeah. stuff with Teresa. Right, right. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Teresa's obviously, I think she's biding her time with Jackie a little bit on this. Um, yeah. I think 
you know, everybody's very surprised that she's not coming at her yet. And I think <laughs> we're wait. gonna see that. <laughs> I mean, have you been here before? <laughs> Do you know these people? <laughs> it's not our first rodeo. No, um, no. So yeah, we've got uh we've got the rum, and then of course we have the rum tasting. Oh, with Mart like I, I like I feel like How in are we past feeling seasons, about Margaret? You know what? I feel in past season we've seen Margaret drink and really kind of run at the mouth. So I think she is really honestly trying not to drink because she has drinker's mouth disease where she just <laughs> doesn't think about what she says and it goes like straight past the brain and just like plops out. Um and I think that's what happened in this. I, I think it was a passive, it was kind of a passive aggressive comment. I know she says that she didn't mean anything by it, but you know she did. Like, Margaret's not a dummy. Yeah. And I, I mean, think I she think made an ill like, time joke, though. I think she could have got away with it if it wasn't on camera and they were actually close. But I think, you know, as much as Teresa tried to channel Gia at Melissa's 40th by sort of saying, oh, your friendship means so much to me and I don't want to fall out over this. I think Margaret's absolutely right. Like, Teresa managed to channel Gia for that, like, 20-second interaction. Mm -hmm. But in reality, she's seething and she's pissed off and she's hating on Margaret. And I think that's... Yeah. For Margaret to then say that, Teresa's like, oh, well, this is just a whole nother opportunity. It's another chance. Like, this is just another thing and I'm going to come back at you for it. Um, And I think Margaret is definitely going to pay for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she's not going to let that go. We all Because Teresa will see it as her kind of attacking the marriage or getting involved in the marriage and all of that stuff. So it's this is not going to end well for Margaret. But funnily enough, I read something, and I think it was on our Instagram account, somebody saying that Margaret continues to annoy us all. But actually, I really like Margaret. I do too. I I don't find her that annoying. I actually find her a a very loyal friend. Very approachable, relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. She's obviously suffering financially at the moment. She's not hiding oh, yeah. it. I mean, how many times have we seen these housewives try to hide the fact that they're broke or that they don't have any money like it's the worst thing in the world? I mean, I've lived 38 years with barely any money. Trust me, it's fine. Um, right. But Margaret's very honest about it. And it's just like, yeah, we're struggling. I'm at this suit. This lawsuit's really screwed me over. Um so yeah, I'm I'm worried about Margaret a little bit. I've got to be honest. I feel like Teresa's not in an emotionally great place with everything that's going no. on, and I don't think she's going to suffer that kind of comment uh, without going batshit crazy at some point. Yeah, no, there there is definitely retaliation coming for Margaret, and I think it, it's not going to be pretty. I think it's going to get nasty, um, and it makes me sad because I I do actually like her a lot. I think she's always kind of tried to be really normal. Um, and kind of even keel and really, you know, kind of straightforward. And and she's older, like she's got a smart yeah. head and she's, she's not interested in the bullshit that Jennifer's messing about with. And Jennifer at the dinner table when they're having that evening <clears throat> after the rum tasting and she just drops this bomb. She's like, oh, to Jackie, she's like, oh, well, Dolores doesn't think of you as a friend anyway. And then gaslights Jackie along with Dolores, actually, who does the same right. thing. Right. Well, that's not, there's no need for you to be upset about that. Like, I'm sat there going, hang on a minute. If I was at a dining yeah. table with eight, six or eight women and one of them just told me the other didn't think I was a friend, I'd be really hurt. I'd be devo. Hell yeah. Like, it's mean. It's, like, there was, there was no reason to bring it up. It was done to be mean. 
Um, I don't, I don't like this back and forth that Jennifer does with Jackie. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, we're friends. Oh, like your birthday party shit. And she doesn't like you. And I don't like it. I I, I don't know. Just rubs me very, very wrong. Backstabby and it's cunt's trick basically that's how i feel about jennifer sorry to drop c-bomb i don't know if that's uh what we're doing today yeah well we are but so it's fine. that's how that's how badly i think jennifer's behaving yeah i'm dropping the c-bomb on her um but also at that table we find out some quite interesting stuff about the girls personally in terms of babies yeah i found a all of the these chats really interesting. Do we want to start with the IVF stuff or the gender? Yeah. Okay. So we find out like Joe and Melissa are thinking about having a baby. And she's had her tubes tied, so it would have to be done in vitro. Right. Um and I think this is really interesting because she's just turned 40. Mm-hmm. I think she's looking at her body and I mean, she looks phenomenal, not in that way, but I think she's getting a little scared about like her babies growing up and her wanting kind of that magic baby vibe again, which I think I missed the memo on getting those magic baby vibes. <laughs> but uh, I yeah. think this is what we call the panic baby, right? Yeah, This is that I'm turning for, and I think it's 40 every time and, and we're, in it, right? We're about to, t- right. Well, we've got a year and a half, but we're getting yeah. there, turning 40. And I see it with my friends as well going, you know, should I have another, am I going to have another? And the great thing for me is that obviously I didn't have my tubes tied, but my husband had a vasectomy after our second one because we knew yeah. we were done. He knew he was done. Um, and I was talking to a friend about this exact thing the other day. And I said, I, cu- I could see myself asking the question. Like I could see myself right. going to Jimmy oh, look, you know, if we're going to do it, we need to do it now. But the great thing about the fact he's had a vasectomy is that it's off the table. Like it's not, right. it's, I don't even have to have the conversation, but I think no. that's what Melissa's doing is, fuck, I'm 40. If we're going to do it, we've got to do it now. But yeah. like, what, but what, what is it real? Why? I don't think they're going to, I'm going to put yeah. my money where my mouth is and I'm going to say, I don't think they're going to go down this route. And I have to say, I haven't cheated on this. Like I haven't looked at yeah. the the internet to find out the information. But I just feel like this is going to be one of those things that they have to work through and then they'll go, actually, it's just, we're done. Like, we are done. Yeah. Well, I think they're probably going to look at, like, there'll be some conversations. I think she's going to look at her store and he's going to look at his job. And, I mean, really, their kids are almost out of the house. Like, they don't have that far to go where it's actually just going to be the two of them again. And I feel like that's going to be a little bit more enticing than having... Um, the panic baby, but I could be wrong. I mean, I had a bit of a panic the night before my husband's vasectomy where I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, okay, are, like, we're really good with this. Like, we don't want to have another baby. Like, our kids are cute. And then, like, I think my my youngest one just, like, screamed bloody murder and, like, threw something off the stairs or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a very, like, Let fleeting me drive you moment. There. Yeah. No, and I think it would be weird if if we hadn't. I had the same feelings. It'd be weird if we didn't have those. Right. But you know, in a whole different set of circumstances, maybe I would have had more kids. But for me, you know, I'm working. We've got a certain size house. We earn a certain amount of money. We've got you know, going from two to three is a huge step for us. Admittedly, that's not a problem for Melissa and Joey. They've got a massive right, house. Right. Right. You know, shit ton of cash. Yeah. Um. 
So for them, it's a, it's not really a logistical problem as much as do we want right. to do this? My fear had always been that if I had one more, they'd be twins. So I'd go from two oh. to four. Yeah, me too. Like, I think well, that's a real is, scare. And my fear as well, I have two girls. So as much as I love my girls, I don't want three girls. Right. I don't want three girls. So unless somebody could go, you're definitely going to have a boy. I mean, I then that might yeah. have been slightly different. But um, I, I, I know I'm not, I'm at yeah. my capacity with the female hormones. And mine eldest is only six and I am already getting that <laughs> bullshit. Like the other day I'm, we're finishing dinner and I said, you know, can you look after your responsibilities? And you, you know that cause we got it from you, mm-hmm. but it means they take their dirty plates to the kitchen. Um, and I had to ask her about five times, six times. Anyway, on the last time of asking, she just turned around and she went, really, are we still going on about this? Oh, <gasps> I was like, I mean, I said to the, I said to our au pair, I was like, hold me back. Hold me back because I swear on my life I might. I'm going to punch her in the face. Like, and it's just that the way. The sass runs strong with that like, one. Yeah. Outrageous. I'm oh. squashing that shit, let me tell you. Um, I feel like there's something when kids are like six and seven, because I, I, I don't think it's just girls, but like Tate is getting a little bit like questioning of authority. And, and, my, and my son's very like engineering mind. So if you just say yeah. like, this is how we do it. This is the rules. It's it's efficient to do it this way. Then he's usually really easy to get on board. Like it's not an issue. We've never like had fights, but um, yeah, he's starting to like be like, oh, well, maybe I don't want to do that. And I'm like, give you mm, some sass. No, you need to get that done. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, I think it's like it's natural, right? They're at yeah. school and they've got all these outside influences. They're seeing other kids, and you know, it's natural that they're going to start experimenting with their attitudes. I guess. But we are yeah. squashing this particular experiment because it sucks and because she sounds like a brat. So we're knocking yeah. this shit on the head right now. Right. Um, but yeah, so the thought of going back to like Melissa and Joey having kids. Yeah. Like my feeling is they're so nearly out of the woods. Like, yeah, man. So Don't start the marathon over. Their life. <laughs> That's yeah. like being like at mile 20 in a, in a marathon. And like you're almost there. You have like maybe like an hour left. That'd be like going back and starting all over again. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. You, Why would crazy you? fools. Yeah, crazy, no. Crazy fools. But then we also hear Teresa open up about their, uh, she and Joe had IVF because they had yes. all the girls and he really wanted a boy. So they really tried for that. And then unfortunately she miscarried, but then they had Audrina afterwards. And she was like, we're just meant to have girls. And, you know, that's the way it I, happened. But I thought that was really interesting because that was not in the show. No, and I'm but really... But they were filming then. I'm really curious because maybe I'm really stupid, but I didn't realize that IVF meant that you could uh, it, it affect the gender. I mean, I know that she said that they put three embryos in, so the chances of right. it being not a girl were higher, but... Um, but I guess is that the only re- is that the only reason? Or, I would or assume so. Can you engineer so. like a male embryo? I mean, I think you can. I, I think you can. I think you can mix the embryo and sperm because they're fertilized outside the body and then they're planted in. So yeah. fertilization takes place in a petri dish. So you, I think theoretically you could see whether it was a boy or girl right away through oh. genetic testing. Who knew? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like. A common do you think we practice. Should do some research? I mean, this is this this but, is yeah. our podcast all over, though, isn't it? 
Right. We, we didn't I mean, really do any research. Anybody else that. knows, or if you've gone through IVF and you would like to enlighten us, please do yes. send us send us an email. We'll read it out uh, next week. So you that can send it to hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. You are so professional, Reagan. Getting the, <laughs> getting the contact in there. There you social. go. You can always just text me as well on 077. I'm joking. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, so do that. Let us know if we've made any glaring errors there, which yeah. is very reasonable. Um, is and there I anything think else? J- yeah, so Jackie brings up that she suffered from gender disappointment when she had her boy twins and was obviously like really happy her kids were healthy, but she had wanted a girl. And that was something I really identified with because yeah. we, our first kiddo was a surprise and it was a boy and that was fantastic. But the second one, we, you know, went to the 20-week scan and asked if we could find out, you know, the gender of the baby. And he ended up being another little boy. And there was a part of me that was a little bit sad because I've always kind of known that I'm a two-child person. Yeah. And that was kind of my last hope for a girl because I always thought it'd be cool to have one of each and just see who they were like and and things like that. So I really identified with her being kind of open about that and very honest. Like, I was really sad. I obviously got over it, and I love my kids, but there was a bit of a disappointment when I learned that I wasn't going to have a girl. But I mean, but it was the same for me as well, honestly, yeah. because I really wanted a boy. Like, I wanted one of each, and I think right. we, we did it the same way. I didn't find out the gender the first time and the second time I did, and, and I was exactly the same. Jimmy was delighted because obviously the thought of having boys terrifies him. He's right. Like, He's like, I don't even know the rules for football. Like, if you give me a boy, I'm not going to know what to do with it. Right. Um, but, but I wanted a boy, and um, and I got over it. But I did feel like it took me a while. Like, I'm like, yeah. we found out 20 weeks, and probably by like 24 weeks, I was fine with it. Right. But I probably right. was a bit disappointed for a month. Like, like I just really, because yeah. I was the same. I knew I wasn't going to do it again, and I think. Jackie, she writes the article about it, doesn't she, for Good Housekeeping? That's how she's talking. And I think she it's does, really yeah. cool that she's talking about that because, like she says, you're not allowed to say it because you've got a healthy kid, but it's still something to talk about. Like, it's still a thing. It's something that I think everybody can identify with well. Like, I I have a lot of time for Jackie. I think she sometimes missteps, but I think ultimately what she's trying to do with her career in life is to talk about things that are real that happen and that need to be addressed. Yeah. I mean, and I can relate to, to her on a, you know, I love, she's a writer. I love writing. You know, we do a lot of, I, I try to write as much as I can about stuff that people don't talk about. So I can really right. respect her for doing that. And I think she handles that Teresa thing really well at the dining table as well, sort of uses that a little bit to bond and then sort of says, well, look, yeah. can we just agree to be kind to each other? And the thing is, she's, she's smart because it's going to take a real kind of dick to go, no, I'm not going to agree to that. Right. Actually, no, fuck what you. What I'm going to I do is wake ass. up every morning and think of 101 different ways to fuck you up. <laughs> right. Like, she's smart. She puts Teresa on the spot. The only thing Teresa can say is, yes, we can. Yeah. It's going to last a hot minute. But I, yeah. you know, I like the way that she's out for doing that. She's a smart cookie. Smart cookie. She is. So, yeah, I think, are we, is there anything that we've missed on... New Jersey. I think there's a little chat about Dolores and David and how we are kind of talking about like everybody's really pushing her to like define it or doesn't she want to get remarried or whatever. And I just want to tell people to back off. Like I know. she's a grown ass woman. Let her deal with her relationship. Chill the fuck out. 
I think it's a cultural thing as well, right? Because they're yeah. this sort of Italian thing where they're always together. Like they they never spend time apart. They you know they're joined at the hip. So I think right. it's very difficult for her. But I think what's tricky, and I don't, and I get why Dolores feels uncomfortable, is because they sort of approach it as if it as if it makes him a bad guy, or as if it's right, or if it throws up questions about their relationship. And actually, he's just a fucking doctor. He just works a lot. Like right. that's what he does. Stop trying to make it something that it's not. Um, stop trying to make it, you know, be so negative. And also, because I know, like, a lot of it is, they were like, well, Dolores, you said these things. You said you wanted to be married. You said all of those things. And, you know, like, people are allowed to change their minds. Like, you yeah. know, maybe she's in this amazing relationship, and she's just like, you know what? It's really cool the way it is. I'm pleased. Everybody else just needs to back off. I mean, maybe she's compromising, like all of these things. I mean, I understand yeah. why these women perhaps wouldn't understand that concept, right, right. but maybe that's what's going on. And she's just had to make a compromise with David. I don't like that Frank's getting involved either. I don't like that he's saying, no. oh, I know she wouldn't be all right with that. Well, maybe she wasn't all right with it with you because you were sleeping with a ton of whores. But because he's like <laughs> in hospital saving lives, she's kind yeah. of okay when he doesn't answer the phone. But when it was you and he didn't answer the phone because you were like neck deep in a prostitute, probably not quite so cool. Right. Oh, Frank. Just saying, Frank. Frank is such Sorry. a weird one for me because on some level, I really do like him and I think he's funny and I think he's just yeah, kind of that guy. He'd be a nightmare to be married to, though. Because he's an oversized fucking toddler. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. He's a child yeah. and he yeah. needs a mama. And I don't know whether it's the steroids that fried his brain or what. He's, he's sweet and he's like, I have a lot of time for him. But yeah. he is an oversized toddler. Yeah, yeah. And I think Dolores deserves more than that. And I think she knows she does, which is why I think she's not doing anything with Frank while he's in the house. I think she's happy with David, this really smart dude that's saving lives. And that should just be fine for everyone. I agree. Um, Okay, cool. I think we uh, are ready for next week. Hopefully we'll have Kardashians and Dallas back next week. Yeah, I'm a little bit... Because I feel like this this been two weeks. No, this has just been one week without the Kardashians. Or two weeks without the Kardashians. No, it's one, but they it's been... So it was on last week, but it wasn't on the week before. Right, right, right. So I don't know if maybe the next week will be the final one of the Kard- Kardashians, but hopefully we'll be <laughs> back to full strength next week, um, and we'll all be on time next week. So anyways. Yeah. Sorry if you're listening yeah. to this late. You can go and hound Jimmy. It happens. There go you and, go. Go and blame him. You can find him on Instagram at, at Jimmy Plays Bass. Um, <laughs> he's going to love me for that. And you know what? Oh, yeah. He probably won't even listen. So he probably no. just top and tail it. So he won't even cut it out. And we're not going to tell him. Not at all. But go we'll and follow see Jimmy how, we'll and see say, how this hey, up. I love TV my husband hates. And you do such a good job producing it. But next time, don't leave your USB stick that you need. Don't do that. Go tell him. Go all right, guys. Food. Have a great week of TV watching and we'll chat. We'll be back next week. See you next week. Have a good one. Bye, babe. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.